0: Welcome, everyone. This is Arguments About League Over Coffee, coming to you from Mecca in Alexandria. Joining me for today's show is a true legend of women's rugby league, Sammy Brennan. We'll shine a light on a few solutions to some recent refereeing inconsistencies, run the rule over NRLW expansion, and decide if the Sharks are making the most of their superstar playmaker, Emma Tonagato. I hate that we have to do this, refereeing decisions, inconsistencies. Mm-hmm. They just can't seem to get it right, can they?
1: Well, no, not really. We were Speaking earlier, the girls and I, some of the girls that play about the most recent one in the kennedy Charrington case where she got done for a very dangerous tackle and obviously it's very clear, but this sort of goes back to the whole refereeing system rather than the referee on the field about how many weeks she should get for that. In comparison to the men's, she got four weeks, but that Basically, rules are out of the rest of the season.
0: You think it's as a percentage of the season, it's too high?
1: We could use some discretion on some other things. So she's getting a similar um, amount of weeks to someone who did just a, like a sort of a crusher tackle, not as bad as Kennedy, who also got the same amount of weeks based on what the men get. Um,
0: like it's disproportionate. I think Because so. if you looked at it, so, so if that tackle was to happen... In a men's game, and they would that that player was to receive a four game suspension. That is, uh, maths was never my strong point, but let's go four, eight, it's 12, bad. 16, 20, 24. It's a sixth of the season, yeah, for the for, for for a male player, yeah, but for a female player, how many games you currently played?
1: Uh, seven,
0: seven, yeah. so that's over 50% if, if you of don't, the game. yeah,
1: if you don't make the finals, if you, well, if yeah. you don't
0: make well, we're talking regular season here. so yeah, 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 so that's a. I think that's disproportionate.
1: I think just so something needs to be set in stone because this probably happens once a season where there's in the last five seasons and it's been inconsistent, which is obviously always the talking point in refereeing. It's the inconsistency.
0: So are you thinking we, we can't treat the male competition and the female competition the same because it affects the player? It, it, it's a harsher punishment for the female players, right?
1: Yeah, yeah, for sure. They it's miss the entire harder. season. Yeah. I think there could be things that are black and white. I think I think Kennedy's uh, tackle was very black and white. Spear tackle, really dangerous. I think that's black and white. But I still think that that should be based on a percentage of the competition. Um, yeah, so
0: I, I, I'd be suspended for 25% of the competition, yeah. wh- wherever, whatever that may look like.
1: Yeah, well, yeah, of course, because that means so um, if a – you know, someone in the NRL was still a spear tackle, it works out for them to miss close to 11 matches. So half yes. the season. Which um, wouldn't happen. No, which wouldn't happen. So that's the point.
0: Mm. So that's comparing the males and the the, the females. But what about some of the the decisions that are happening on the field? I get very frustrated that there's a lack of consistency, not even in the same. It's, and I, I realise it's hard to get. And it's hard to get for us as players. We want to be consistent. We don't always live up to that yeah. same expectation as what we demand from our match officials or what we expect from our match officials. Now, I think the reason for that is the variables are different between performing as an athlete versus performing as a referee. Mm-hmm. So I think that expectation on authority figures is always higher. But for me, what's really annoying is, I realize it's difficult to get week to week and throughout the season. And then in the game, because there's different pressures on referees, like time pressure, yeah. You know, the closer the game gets to the end, the less likely they are to blow a penalty for offside. We saw the Gold Coast Titans get penalized for being offside charging down a field goal attempt. I felt that was harsh, but there was an incident between Nia Corey and David Fafita where they both slapped each other and only one got sent to the Simbin. We can't even get consistency in the same incidents.
1: It's, it's the way that the game is going, though. You can't really do much without any sort of repercussions. And then, like we've already touched on, it's inconsistency that we get annoyed at. But the girls' game is a little bit different. And Correct me if I'm wrong or if you think I'm wrong with this, but because the girls and the boys play a little bit differently and one of those differences is the girls don't have much wrestle in their tackle and that hasn't been something that the coaches have wanted to change. It's sort of just the way the girls are.
0: You know it's coming now. Pardon? You know it's coming.
1: Coming? What, the wrestle? Yeah. Yeah, well, they started getting wrestling coaches in but the referees seem to police it the same way. So do you think that is fair? fair when they're not actually wrestling. So they're getting penalised for holding down longer than a typical women's tackle, which is only a couple of seconds, where like in the men's game, they wrestle for like five seconds and don't get penalised because that's their norm.
0: Yes. So if you look at the teams that do it well, it's all about the optics so it makes it, l- like Melbourne Storm were masters at it. Pemrith are really good at it now. So they make it look nice and smooth. Once a player is tackled, you are to leave the- as a defender. You are to leave immediately. Not after one or two or three or four seconds. Immediately. The game doesn't get played by the rules. Yeah,
1: no, definitely not. Nobody's jumping off after so, a tackle. So
0: I go back to people like Bill Harrigan, who we've had on this show. And he's allowed this. I blame the old school referees for allowing this mess to happen because you're supposed to get off the tackle immediately.
1: Listen, what are you doing doing podcasts? Why don't you boot up and get in the referee circle?
0: Because I would end up punching (laughs) on with one of the players. All right, Sammy, we're here talking all things NRLW. If the goal is to maximise the opportunity and get to that potential, how do you think we get there?
1: See, if you were to ask me this question about six months ago when we expanded to 10 teams from six teams, I've had a quite a, a negative view on it. I didn't think we had as many girls as we could to fill the depth that these teams needed to have a 10-team competition. But they've proven that this season, that if we give, it's the, it's the chicken and the egg what do we do do we wait until the girls have played footy from 12 years old or however old and then they are able to play in the open division they have all these experience so they're better players or Do we expose them to the NRLW, give them opportunity so they aspire to play in a a league like that and that's when we create them. We've had this argument in previous years where will the NRL fund us money so that we can have a strong competition with all these teams and pathways that lead into these teams or do we need to do the groundwork first in the pathway and prove that we have numbers to fill these teams?
0: So if you're a, a, you know, a young teenager, you've got decisions to make around where you want your athletic trajectory to go to. Yeah. So we've got to make those decisions easier and favour NRLW, so by doing these things that you speak about, making it more financially viable, seeing our female athletes on billboards, Mm. exposure, on TV, commentating Mm -hmm. and think, well, I want to be in the NRLW because that's what I can potentially get if I work hard enough.
1: And I think that we've done a good job of turning on the TV and being like, I want to be in the NRLW, but then if I'm serious about that and I'm a little girl and I ask my mum how I get there, that's when it gets really confusing. So, mum, how do I play rugby league? Okay, maybe we can register you for the local team. Say she's older and she wants to play in the NRLW, that's, it gets very confusing because there's a, if we're in New South Wales, there's a Harvey Norman competition, but that's not a feeder to an NRLW club. So you're then representing two different clubs, which is why people get very confused.
0: Are you thinking that we need to completely restructure, not just the pathways, but the calendar.
1: The calendar is huge.
0: Like and if we want to maximize this potential that we've got, sometimes egos need to go to the side and go, well, what's for the greater yes. good of and, the game? And
1: what's best for the men is not necessarily best for the women. Like the men were in the stage we are in now 80 years ago, you know, when people are working at the same time yep. and had all these things they have to balance and had other sports that the men had to compete with the men are going great now in terms of how many people have watched them and viewed them and they've got their season. Everyone knows the October long weekend is the men's final. Mm. And for the women, nobody at the moment compared to the season where we played earlier in the year, so when COVID pushed the girls back and we played at the start of the year, in comparison, the view like the viewership is so different because we're competing with the men's viewership, who is so well established. We've got the same time slots. So are you going to watch... Melbourne and Raiders in the men or are you going to watch the women Titans and Broncos play at the same time? Yeah. But at the same time as that, we've got the Matildas playing the World Cup at the moment and we've got the uh, women's Super Netball going on and we've got all these things. Whereas when we pushed it back because of COVID, the only thing that was happening was summer cricket and that was the only thing we had to compete with. And it was the most viewed NRLW Uh season that we've had, but yet we still pushed it back again to go next to the mints.
0: Like we're a winter sport, traditionally. Yep. There's difficulties about playing our, and, and dangers about playing our sport in the summer months. Mm-hmm. But again, sometimes it's compromised. If we're gonna you know, maximize potential, which is what we should all be driving towards, then perhaps that's what we could look at. Also, I don't know if you've ever been to the States and you go to a sports bar,
1: <laughs> uh, Monday,
0: Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. It's sports, sports, sports. There's always something on. Yeah. Perhaps instead of playing on a weekend, Origin gets played on a Wednesday night. Yeah. Big viewing figures. Yeah. And that becomes part of a culture. So with certain sports in America, they play because they want to maximize their potential. They yeah. play on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday because they know they can't compete with NFL on a Sunday.
1: Exactly. they not got, yeah. like,
0: you're not going to take on that giant. Mm-hmm. They play at different times.
1: Yeah, I agree. Even and Monday when we used to have Monday night footy, that could be allocated mm. to the girls to play yep. Monday night games.
0: Football fans need a fix. <laughs>
1: yeah. and give
0: me something on a Monday or a Tuesday.
1: Exactly.
0: Cronulla Sharks they sign the reigning Dally M NRLW Player of the Year Emma Tonegato. I watched her play at the Dragons. I've seen her do some freakish things, some yeah. unbelievable try saves. Playing in the fullback position, she goes to the Sharks, but she's playing number six, five, eight. I don't think it's such a good idea going to a new team and a new position.
1: Why not?
0: Well, new team is difficult anyway. You've got new players to work with, new combinations. So you've already got that variable, which yep. is inevitable when you change clubs. So you've got to work out different things, timing, working with combinations with your outside backs, but then also new position. You've got a whole new set of systems. So you can't rely on your previous capabilities, your familiarity with those situations that you'll be in now change. So why not control the variables that you can stick to your position at number one and say, that's where I was the best player in the competition. Why are you moving me? Now, whether Emma's been part of that move or that decision, but I think number one is his position. I watched her the other week against the Gold Coast Titans and it wasn't the same player and I know form changes and goes up and down in every person and every team in every sport but it wasn't the same Emma Tonagato as what I witnessed playing fullback for the Dragons.
1: Do you think that there were reasons other than that she wanted to change positions that she went to the Sharks or do you think she went to the Sharks so that she could play a different position because she was going to play fullback? Well
0: sometimes these things come into it but I think she's more impactful at fullback.
1: Yeah she is. Although at World Cup in November last year she played lock and she was unbelievable. Mm. But it's also because she played and this sounds funny when you say it because lock and fullback quite different. But she played like a fullback at that lock position similar to how she played in the NRW for the Dragons. Yeah. She took in in the Dragons most games she took between 22 and 25 runs. That is a lot yes. of runs to do that and then have to be on the back of every single play once they got down the end of the field, which she always was because she's just crazy like that. But then she moved to lock and she was unbelievable. She got player of the tournament at World Cup and she played one game at fullback, the rest she played in lock. So I think like in terms of her mentality, that quick change that only happened while she was over there, it came really quick, new players, new position, and it worked out amazing for her. So you can see where she would have got the confidence when someone's in her rear or the club's in her rear, come here, we want to change you into this position and we know you're pretty keen on it. You can see where her confidence has come from where, oh, this could be really good for me, where she's come from a club where they haven't managed to win a premiership despite having 15 internationals in the team. An ex-NRL player as the coach. I can see how she has felt like this could be a really good thing for her.
0: I think, though, she's gone to a play for Australia, right? Surrounded by the best players. Look at the New South Wales team. They don't have a player that plays in the centre position week-to-week football. They have three fullbacks playing. Yeah. So you get as much talent in that team as possible. Yeah. You get your best players playing representative football. You can change, you're sharper. You know what it's like when when you know the cream rises to the top and everybody's in those red teams and you're like, wow, these combinations work a little bit better. Then you go back to club land where the players, let's be honest, they're not as good as what they would be in the Australian team. That's just that's just natural.
1: So, so that's sort of like if there was no good fullbacks for the English team. You're one of the best forwards, but there's also five in front of you. Then they'd put you into the fullback position because you're one of the best players.
0: Well, perhaps that that is. Well, I I just think it's proven that she, like, she wanted Alian at fullback.
1: Yeah, she did. Like,
0: why? Like, why would you look to change that? Like, yes, you've got the example of the World Cup, but like I say, at representative level, it's like, well, Mm -hmm. how are we going to fit all this these talent stacked players into Mm -hmm. the into the team? Actually. This is what we can do. We can move a regular fullback put her at lock. But that doesn't mean that you're you you know, you're going to do that at representative, uh, sorry, at club land. So it would be like Tommy Toborovic, for example, impacts New South Wales at centre. But he's not going to, to go back to Manly, And they're not going to move in position because, you know, full, fullback, I think you get the opportunity to have the most impact on a game. We've seen Caelan Ponga. He wanted to move to 5'8". It didn't work. Because he can't have the same level of impact on a, yeah. on a game of football at the sixth position yeah. compared to what you can at fullback. I think you put your, your best player should be playing fullback. Mm-hmm. It's it's a position that you can have the most impact on a game of rugby league, in my opinion. So I think moving her to six reduces her opportunity to impact the result, impact the game, impact their teammates.
1: You think one of the reasons though also could be that, so we spoke earlier about the depth of the women's game and do we think that this could also be a result of not having a lot of halves and five eights in the game but they could recruit another fullback in Jada Taylor. Now you've got two fullbacks, so which one Two good players, like we spoke about. Also, which one of those could transition better into the six because we're lacking a six. We've got a seven, so that now we've got a we've got a spine of good representative players.
0: I, I know what you're saying, I, I, and I get that. That it could be like, well, we've got two fullbacks, but we're like the evidence is there. She can have the yeah. most impact in a team on a competition at fullback. Mm-hmm. I think it's and it's selfless if that's the case from her point of view to go. Oh, you know what? I'll I'll play a different position. Oh. But I think if they were to move her to the – put her in the one jersey again, we're going to see that. We're going to see her impact the game again.
1: We did. She went back there because of injury of Jada Taylor on the weekend, and she was outstanding. The one thing that I really enjoyed watching was what she's learnt from 5'8", though, little things. Because you always knew she was a runner of the ball, strong Mm. runner of the ball. And she's played three games at 5'8". Now her fourth one's been at fullback. And now you weren't sure if she was gonna run, she was gonna pass inside, outside. She just had a new element to her game. And obviously there are things that can happen in the preseason. That doesn't have to mean that you have to play 5-8 yeah. to, to get, you get that in your game. It could be something that going forward, she remains a fullback, but she's also just enhanced the way she plays.
0: All right, so it'd be rude of me not to ask this. Who wins the comp?
1: I think the Roosters are going to win the comp based on how they've played the last two weeks. I wouldn't scratch the Raiders. I'm silently also going for the Raiders. I like an underdog. Mm. And they have been proven to show everyone they've got what it takes, including beating the Roosters. Who do you think?
0: Oh, I think if you look at the teams on paper, Roosters are going to win. Like their team on paper is talent stat.
1: Yes, it is. But also the Brisbane Broncos in previous years have been that team on paper and then the Roosters who did not win a entire game the whole season and because of the length of the season were able to make the semis and then ended up winning the whole season. So who knows what can happen? But yeah, obviously Roosters on paper.